This is a podcast from the Nuffield Department of Medicine. Dr Ofa Galadi tells us how cells maintain genome integrity and how we can use it in our fight against cancer. Hello Ofa. Hello. How do our cells make sure that DNA is not damaged during their normal life cycle? So most of us appreciate that the DNA and the genes are responsible for what we look like, our colour of our eyes, our body shape, the shape of our tissues. But the DNA is important in every cell in our body throughout our life. So a cell has to behave in a particular way. It has to respond to its environment. It has to be in the right place, divide just the right number of times, and so on. And all of this is regulated by the DNA of the cells. So it's very important that the DNA will stay stable and the same in all cells of the body. Now, DNA is constantly under attack from chemical and and physical agents that can damage it. We're all aware of um, things like cigarette smoke or direct sunlight that can damage DNA. But there are also normal processes in the body, such as um, the transport of oxygen and um, cell division, which can cause damage to DNA. And that damage has to be repaired all the time. In fact, about 9,999 events of DNA damage uh, result in complete repair and completely disappear by the repair system of the body. Now, the repair mechanism involves three elements. One of them is recognizing a damage to DNA. So there are proteins and enzymes in the cell that bind to abnormal sites in DNA. They then raise an alarm system, which is the second element, which tells the cells, stop dividing, wait until the DNA is rep- damage is repaired, and also recruits to the site of damage a lot of proteins and enzy- other enzymes that um, repair the damage to DNA. They can stick together bits that were broken or replace DNA bases that were damaged. And so all these elements have to work in concert to ensure that the DNA is stable throughout our lifetime. And what happens when this mechanism doesn't work properly anymore? So for the cell, the worst thing that can happen is that the cell would die. But the death of individual cells in our body is not a big deal. They can usually be replaced. In terms of health, um, the worst thing that can happen is that the damage is not repaired properly, and then the cells has a mutation in one or more of its genes. A mutation can, again, be benign, can have no effect, but some mutations um, disrupt the normal control of the cells. They become released from the normal restraints that keep them in a particular place and with a limited number of divisions. And these cells can um, run out of control, they can divide indefinitely, and they can move around in the body to places where they're not supposed to be, and these are the hallmarks of cancer. So um, damage that's not properly corrected can lead to aberrations and can lead a small number of cells to um, expand and to run out of control and, and cause cancer. And could this help us in our fight against cancer? Yes, in a way. Um, the cancer cells that cannot maintain the stability of their DNA properly, uh, this is an advantage initially in their release from constraints of growth, but it also presents a weakness because these cells, because they divide rapidly and they're very sensitive to any damage in the DNA, we can um, enhance this sensitivity by adding drugs that further um, inhibit DNA repair or by overloading the cell with DNA-damaging agents. This is the basis of a lot of chemotherapy and radiotherapy. And what our research is aimed at to find more subtle ways to weaken the defenses of these cancer cells without hitting other cells in the body. What are the most important lines of research that have developed over the past five or 10 years? So 
several decades ago, the um, components of the DNA machinery, DNA repair machinery, were gradually identified in simple organisms such as yeast and bacteria. In the last two decades, or the last 10 years, we've seen more and more of these elements identified in human cells. And of course, in human cells, everything is much more elaborate than in yeast cells. And we have a much deeper understanding of the different machine machineries that are involved in DNA repair, the different options for DNA repair. But we also have much better ways to measure this in real human cells in a physiological con context. So we're not talking about isolated elements working in a test tube, but we're watching them in normal and in cancer cells, and we can really um, pinpoint which are the most important element in any particular cancer cell line and try to utilize that. So why does your research matter? Why should we put money into it? I think almost every development in medicine um, is um, linked to fundamental understanding of the mechanisms in the body. So we may have a random discovery of a wonder drug that does this or that, but without understanding properly what it does and, and what elements in the body respond to this uh, drug, we cannot really make progress, we cannot improve the specificity, reduce side effects, and so on. So it's very important to have the fundamental research that um, delineates all the elements that are involved in a disease process and um, focus our ability to target the most important elements in that process. And so our research is not immediately linked to the clinic, but it provides the foundations for further clinical research. And how does your research fit into translational medicine within the department? So our part of the department, the Structural Genomics Consortium, is um, focused on um, learning the properties of proteins that are involved in disease processes and could be targets for drugs and um, developing small molecules that could interact with these proteins and change the, their activity. So this fits in this uh, model of looking at processes at the protein level and at the chemical level and expanding them and building gradually up to the cellular level. Thank you, Eva. Thank you.